Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Thanks, everyone, for another Peers Over Beers. My name is Chris Detzel, and I do have another special guest, Jeff Abdu. Did I say that right, Jeff? Yeah, you did. Jeff Abu. 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 Ah. I'm, I, I'm sounds sorry. like Abu. A chance, yeah? Abu. Yes, exactly. Abu. Sounds okay. like a chance. Yes. <laughs> Hey, you know, I'll I want to have you on again, so we'll definitely. Um, and if you want to come on later, uh, again, then we'll do it, and I'll make sure to say your name properly the first time. Or what I like to do actually is just say my name and then hand it off to you to let you say your name. That's easier. But yeah, I think. Go ahead. I think we I think we should have done that. <laughs> but it's cool. It's, it's Jeff Abu. That's it. That's my. Let's name. do this. Jeff Abu. So Jeff, let's do this. Let's start over. All right, ready? Hello, everyone. Thanks, thanks for coming to another Peers Over Beers. My name is Chris Detzel and Jeffta Abu. Nice to meet you, Jeffta. Did I say that right? Awesome. Yes, you did. I loved it when you changed your tone. It sounds, it sounds, it makes it sound more mysterious. But yeah, I love it, Jeffta <laughs> Abu. That's my name. Well, welcome to Peers Over Beers. I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, you know, I do. I, go ahead. I don't think I, I have my beer over here, but I would definitely like, I think you have yours, but I'll definitely just vibe with you as well. Well, it's 8 a.m. Uh, my time uh, here in Dallas, Texas, and I have a coffee uh, and I've been drinking coffee all morning already. So I don't drink beer at 8 a.m. What time? Where, where, where are you located and what time is it? Yeah. I'm in Lagos, Nigeria. It's in Africa, and it's like three, three ten p.m. over here. So my okay. day is about to round up. Yeah, beer, beers probably. It's a little early, I think, for beer there too, right? I mean, it is Friday, yeah. so it's not unheard of. <laughs> you know, but that's really cool. Um, you know, it's funny because I think you reached out to me about I don't know, it was a month ago or so. You know, about being on Peers Over Beers and. Uh, I feel like it's probably been about six months, though, uh, that you just came on the scene of the community space, or at least, you know, I started seeing you on LinkedIn, and, you know, you've done a really good job of, um, you know, socializing yourself and getting out there and, you know, speaking and, and things like that. And, you know, it, what's amazing to me is, is that you're fairly young in the community industry, and, and but, but, I mean, you've been kind of doing some of this for a while, but as a job, I think you're fairly young in that. But, but I, I think you've done an amazing job so far. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Whenever people always say that, I'm always like, wow. It's a humbling experience. And it's also, it just takes me back to the beginning. And something people don't know is that I'm very shy. Like I'm the shyest person you ever meet. So it's, it's crazy that I'm like all over the place talking, like being at events. And I realized that, sometimes your passion overweighs like your character. So it's like, I'm too passionate about this to be too quiet. So I find myself like leaving my comfort zone daily. And I'm like, I always take a pause and be like, hmm, can I just do that? Can I just talk to that person. But it's like the passion keeps following me to like keep on going, keep on leaving my comfort zone. So yeah, it's fun as well, like meeting people, talking about what I believe in and also teaching and also learning at, at the same time. 
I love that. And sometimes I think, you know, I, I, I think we all, you know, to one, to move our uh, passion forward, to move our career forward, to do things that we've never done before is always a little scary. Um, but you know what? I think that if you continue to do those kinds of things, you will just blossom into, you know, stay out of your comfort zone a little bit and you'll, you'll blossom to be something amazing for yourself. You know what I mean? And I think that to me, that's important because, you know, as, as, as I kind of look at it as just a little story about me is, you know, I, I grew up in a pretty tough, um, you know, my parents did drugs and drank, you know, were alcoholics. So not peers over beers. I'm not an alcoholic, but you know, uh, so I, <laughs> I didn't grow up in a, in a great home or a great, uh, environment, but you know, if, if you persevere, you focus, you kind of get out there, you know, you, I think that you'll be okay. And I, I love that. And I love that story. So um, I know today you wanted to talk a little bit about how you include and the inclusiveness of, you know, uh, community and things like that. Tell me a little bit more about that. I'm very excited to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So in case everyone knows, or most people don't know, I'm very passionate about DIB. So DIB is basically diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And, I chose this part. I've, funny enough, I've been doing diversity, equity, and inclusion advocacy even before it was named because I've worked with brands like from China, US, UK. So I've always noticed as a person of color, there was a special, or not, I will use the word special, but it was the way I was treated compared to people from the US that I sort of internalized. And I realized that, okay, this wasn't right after a while. And I'm always talking about like, hey, I don't feel this is right. I remember I worked for one Chinese company, name we told, obviously. And I told them that, okay, I feel like this is wrong because the ad they wanted to do was targeted towards Black uh, Americans. And I'm like, I feel like this is offensive. And the person told me what I was saying didn't make sense. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Does okay. it make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, and we got into a heated argument. And I'm like, bruh, this is not like right. And I've, I always say I've always been advocating. Then I discovered, it was even recently, I discovered that, oh, this is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Something I've been doing, even when I was a child, like when I see something that is wrong, I always want to speak up. And one of my favorite um, quotes ever is, um, if you stay silent in the middle of oppression, you have sided with the oppressor. So it's like, mm -hmm. there's no middle ground. It's either you are for or you are against. And I decided to be like against things I felt like were wrong. So in terms of community building, a lot of people try around the world, inclusion, diversity, equity. But the summary, summary of everything is just treat humans fairly. Like if I could say, what is summary of diversity, equity, and inclusion? It's just about treating humans fairly. And by treating them fairly, you create a sense of belonging. And that's something that you can't sort of there's no marketing strategy around it. It's either you work on mm. it intentionally or you don't. Because you see, during um, the Black Lives Matter protests, when George Floyd was murdered, a lot of brands came out and said, we are Black Lives Matter pro. Like, people changed their profile picture. People put black. But yeah. you could see that, a lot of people could see that, okay, so this was just a cheap, like, gimmick. Some brands, call, some brands that have been called out for racist comments where you treat it about Black Lives Matter. So you could tell it wasn't genuine. So let's refer that back to like community building. 
Like I've been in so many communities and the truth about it is I think there are reports to back this up. Most community managers come from the US. I think CMX report um, said about 70%. That was this year. Last year was 74%. Yeah. So imagine like 30% from other countries. Let's say you have 20% from um, Canada. So you have only 10% left. And we are meant to share that between Africa, India, like different places. So you can imagine that there's no much visibility in the community space. So while community managers are like creating strategies around engagement, like yeah. foster conversation, they always have this mindset of let's do it to a certain type of people. And they forget that communities are not just one person. A group, I feel like I always say an active community is a group of, is a community that has diverse folks inside. And these diverse folks are allowed to contribute and engage in, in ideas or programs in a way that they feel comfortable in. Because you might have a community, you might have one black person in your community, or you might have one Asian, but that doesn't make you diverse. It just <laughs> makes you exactly. Yeah, I agree. Diverse. It just makes you a community with one black person. Yeah. Like, so, but when this person of color is allowed to like contribute to ideas, that is when there's diversity in your community. So it's like from the onset, from your onboarding strategy to the events, your panel list. For example, I've gone to like a lot of, I've been part of a lot of communities where it's the same onboarding strategy. Like, okay, come on board, introduce yourself. Where do you come from? And that is it. So yeah. it's like the same thing, but you give, giving people power, the ability to talk more about themselves is like true diversity. For example, which I don't know. I think 4th of July is a popular holiday in the U.S. In Nigeria, we have Independence Day. We have a lot of days that are special to us. But most communities have joined. There are no platforms to talk about your holidays. There's no platform to talk about the food in your country. There's no platform to talk about yourself. It's just the basic, your name, where you're from, your hobbies. And it's a U.S. thing because... It's like most communities are heavily dominated by the U.S. folks. So they are used to like having this sort of like onboarding strategy. So definitely conversations about themselves will come up. While me, I'm from Nigeria. All I can talk about is my name, where I'm from, and my hobbies. But there's so much that I've not spoken about. For example, my favorite food in Nigeria. There's so much music in Nigeria. See, yeah. your onboarding strategy should cover all those things. Then obviously events. Like I always say, highlighting special events for people who have been marginalized is a good way. For example, we have Pride Month in the US, you have um, Black History Month, like these things, and giving people abilities to like celebrate these um, holidays in your community is also a good way. Like these are just some rough drafts that you yeah. can implement because if you want to actually be diverse, it takes a lot of work, like actual work. But yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> Or you did. We can talk about this for the. Now, I'm thinking about what you said, and you know, um, I, I think that you know when you go back to the kind of the Black Lives Matter, uh, and you know how folks kind of really, you know, to some degrees, to them they were standing behind, black, you know, uh, George Floyd, right? Like they didn't, you know, they were against, you know, police brutality and all that stuff. But you know, maybe it was just kind of a. I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, because, you know, you, you have to probably live this more than I do, right? As, you know, Caucasian, I don't, I, I can't easily just, I, I can only listen more so than, you know, 
and give a, a direct opinion. But what it felt like to me was, yes, I think there was a lot of on the surface stuff. You know, they just kind of want to look at, hey, Black Lives Matter, you know, that's great, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I did see, I, I think there was some positives about some of that, right? Like it, it one way or another, it brought a lot of light to, you know, the uh, police brutality within the USA. You know, I mean, you started to see cops be, you know, prosecuted and things. It's not enough. I'm not saying it is, but you're starting to see more and more of that. And, and unfortunately, it's not enough and, and it's still happening in the US, but, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? And so I think there was some positive stuff, but you're right. I think that, you know, some brands just did it just, hey, I want to get more exposure. I want to, you know, that kind of stuff. And then when you start thinking about um, communities, like when I think about my community, it's, it's, I don't want to give an excuse. I do feel like it's a little bit harder because when you think of the tech industry and, and things like that, you know, I don't go out of my way to, I don't care what color somebody is. I just try to welcome people in however they are. And, and you're right. Some of that stuff that you're saying is, you know, some of these tactics that people drive from, you know, Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Okay. What do you do? You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's very the basic. The yeah. Yeah. So I don't disagree with anything that you said. I mean, you know, I, I think it's, it's very interesting and, and very, uh, and I like how you're kind of bringing this out. And the other piece is I thought that for a long time when you said, you know, most people that are community managers, for example, have been in the U S and that's been for a long time. And just say recently is probably the last two or three, maybe four years, you started seeing community manager roles within, you know, UK or a little bit in France or, you know, in, India. In, in India, you're starting to see it now, you know, and, but it's, it, it, it hasn't been all that much except for recently you're starting to see it kind of take off and you being kind of the uh, first and it feels like I, first person I know in Africa, <laughs> you know, can like I, in can Africa, I tell you it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell you something funny? Not actually funny, but mind blowing. We have over 4,000 community managers in Nigeria, just wow. Nigeria alone. So I think that's a lot. And it takes me back to why I even started being like so um, active in this space. We have over 4,000 community managers, but we have really like 10 or 15 that have global positions. Mm. And it's not, even a, it's not even a matter of like talent or skills because definitely these community managers have it. But in terms of like exposure and what companies are used to, because I called out a report earlier that their community managers in Nigeria, that rather than classify these community managers under others, because you have US, you have India, you have others. So others is like a survey you did and community managers in Nigeria filled it, but they weren't enough. So you just classified them as others, which I felt the word was very wrong. And it still mm. brings us back to like inclusive language. Because if a company sees this, they automatically think there are no community managers in Nigeria yeah. or even yeah. Africa. And I'm just telling you now, I'm sure you're learning. We have about 4,000. Like, That's a lot. Four, and even more. That's it. So it's like, why are we not having um, the roles? I'm like the first person that I know of that is so active in this space. When it comes to community management, I think in Nigeria, Devs Rail is like the most popular. Like you can see a lot. But for actual community managers, you can't see people that have global positions. And it's changing. People are starting to get educated. Yeah. Like with programs like, CMX masterclass, C school, like uncommon, like this 
communities like you are yeah. seeing every day i'm in um cmx it's like it's a community for community managers i see more and more nigerians yeah. joining and it's like i might have touched someone without even realizing it like by being this active so it's like we have the community managers we have the talent so it's like how do we now get people to know that there are community managers in nigeria that are talented so that's when the issue now comes up that's when we have this event we have this programs we have this like talks about like i'm sure like if i tell anyone that 4000 community managers i'm like wow really and that is just <laughs> in one country in, in africa yeah. so imagine like ghana togo south africa or that i've met we try community managers from all around africa yeah. so it's, it's just it's just funny when i have to say there are no committee managers now i'm like hey we have over 4000 in nigeria <laughs> we, we, at least that that's interesting because it's not that's not really well known and maybe it's well, it's not well known in the U.S. anyways, right? Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think people like you, maybe it just takes somebody like you to start really kind of talking about it, you know, getting out there like on, on these podcasts that you're already doing. And, and, and then, like you said, I mean, CMX is just one place, but maybe there's places in Nigeria or others like CMS. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's an opportunity for, you know, exposure on those kinds of things because, you know, I, what are these community managers doing? You know, is there tech companies that they're community, is there, you know, what, I don't even know, like, you know, what, what does a strategy look like for them? It's the same. I mean, if they're going to CMX, then, you know, they have some of the same beliefs that we do on how to build a community, you know, strategy, roadmap, all these things, engagement tactics that you do to get people engaged and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's like I realized that when I, I talk at events, talk at programs, people are always like, okay, do we have like a resource or a go-to book we can use to learn about DI? And I'm like, yeah, it's one thing to like implement steps, but it's another thing to be like intentional about it. I think someone said somewhere that even if you are passionate about DI, if like C-level or management is not, you are just running around in circles because they literally will not see the importance of it and you end up being blocked. So it's like, I'm even like, heads up, I'm even working on a resource like for community managers who are interested in implementing like diverse and inclusive strategies in their community because I feel like it's important. So we have events, you have programs, you have inclusive language, you have literally a lot of things and it's a lot of work. That's why you cannot fake it. Like you cannot fake it. You, it's like I said, it's it will show if it's genuine. So I think it just brings us back to like, what is the goal or why are you interested in DI? I think yeah. that's why I always ask people whenever they come because the first step is like as a Caucasian, acknowledging that we all have biases. Even me, self, I have bias. Like of course. there are some things I see. But how do you like have control the bias? Not really control, but how do you? put it in such a way that it doesn't affect your judgment towards people. So it's like, I always say, acknowledge you are in a place of privilege as a Caucasian, as a person of color. If I come to America, there are definitely some things that I'll experience that you would not experience. And these these people that are Caucasians in America, they're in a place of power. And it falls back to everything which I I can fall it back to community. Like Mm -hmm. majority of communities I've joined, I feel like, I've not seen any person of color, like no shade to anyone. They have awesome communities, but I've not seen one person of color that is a community manager. And these are big communities. So the community space is like heavily dominated by 
people from the U.S. And I can't blame them because obviously community started like blowing up from the U.S. before it started like pointing out other countries. But all I'm saying is that also give people from like people of color and people that are marginalized opportunities to also tell their story. It's a good point because, that, you know, as you kind of bring that up, I'm like, who do I know of color that are community leaders here in the U.S.? Marjorie Anderson. That's the only person Shana I can tell I yeah. know like a lot, Shana, Marjorie, Ronald, Victoria, um, Ashley, like these are people like, I just- Ashley, yep. and, yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, are less than 10. Yeah, they are less than 10. And it's like, okay. But if you mention people that are Caucasian, the list will go on. Yeah. I, I literally wrote a book. I don't know if you saw it, a book on like builders guys for community managers that has all the resources you need. And as I was comparing the list, I could see the difference. Like we have over like 30 community managers that are Caucasian. Uh, we have only like six that are of color. So it sort of you, shows you. I have to tell you a story. And, and um, you know, I think this is relevant to our conversation is like um, when I look at, so I live in Dallas and we have communities of runners and everything else. And um, I own this, this one group called Dallas uh, DFW Running Group. I think there's like 3,500 people and, things like that. And um, there's this one guy, he always posts about, you know, some of his running experiences, you know, he's African-American and, um, you know, uh, and, and, and uh, he's part of this other running group because mine's just more of a Facebook group, you know, and, and we don't meet or anything like that. It's just kind of try to inspire each other. But I was looking at the group that he actually goes run with and it's rare, you know, uh, to see just a whole group of um, African-American runners, like, I would say 90% of it, and, and there's like 40 or 50 of them getting together, uh, running together. And, and I was like, wow, you know, the groups that I'm part of, yes, there's all different colors, but it's not, it's predominantly Caucasian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I thought, you know, so I thought that might have been relevant to, you know, our, I was thinking about that because uh, I knew we had this call coming up and I thought, how can I do a better job specifically in that group? you know, to promote um, diversity, inclusion, and, and things like that, because I just post running stuff, you know, and, and I allow, I don't care who comes in, right, but I probably could do a better job of promoting these people that are of color and things like that to, to see their experiences and stuff like that, and I, I'm sure I don't do enough, you know, and I'm not sure of a strategy on how to do that in my own you know, B2B community that I run at Reltio. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's definitely piqued my interest and probably will read that resource to get that better for me. Yeah, it'll be out. It should definitely be out next month or so early, like maybe June, early June. And when you were talking, it makes, like, it made me think of a common misconception everyone has about DI. Like, especially in the US, once you mentioned, DI is looked at in race, like racial identity and ethnicity, like, okay, DI in the workspace. But as I'm on this journey and I'm, I'm talking to people, I realize that diversity means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, There's diversity of thoughts, there's diversity of sexual orientation, mental and physical capabilities. Like you try everything. You can talk to like five people from five different countries and they'll tell you five different things about diversity and that's okay. Because yeah. everyone has their view of diversity, as long as it's not harmful to the cause. And I think acknowledging that is like one of the biggest things I had to do 
because in Nigeria, diversity is like governed by culture and tradition. Like we're a very mm. traditional country. Like we are, like I mentioned my name, like we have deep rooted name meanings, yeah. like culture, everything. But we ignore other spectrums of diversity in terms of like sexual orientation, in terms of like um, gender, like every other thing. That's just one spectrum view. But as I wanted to learn more about diversity, I had to leave like what I know and unlearn it and learn what diversity means to a lot of people. And you literally listen to a different discussions about it. And I always say that's actually true diversity because it can't mean the same to every people. Or it can't mean the same to like everybody in the same space. And it's just a common misconception. I always try and correct that. When we say DEI, it doesn't just cover race. It covers more than race. It covers yeah. opinions. It covers ideas, sexual orientation, ethnicity, mental physical capability, like literally a lot. And people are like, okay, how do you balance it? Like, how do you focus on one? You can't just focus on one if you are DEI. Like, it's just saying, okay, this cake, but if they're sharing, I'm going to take only this part and the rest, you can have it. Instead of sharing the cake equally, you're taking only one part and giving people when there's a full cake to share. So it's yeah. like acknowledging that it's so much more and focusing on it as a full spectrum is like key. Because you can yes, you cannot even cover it if you say, okay, I want to be diverse and go across all spectrum. But acknowledging like, okay, we have a person of color in our community, or we have someone that's neurodiversity in our community, like inclusive language. How do we create it for people that have like mental and physical cap, um, deficiencies or like things like this? It's like key because people just do, okay, it's race, people of color enter our community. There's a checklist, and it's so easy to checklist, yeah? Like, we have one person in Africa, checklist. We have one person that's African-American, checklist. But you have literally, I always said, you have literally just done nothing. It's just, you're just a community that has an African, or a community that yeah. has an African-American. You're not diverse. Yeah, you know, it's, you got me thinking, and, and, I, and I think that some, it feels hard to do, one, uh, especially when, when I think about, my digital community, like uh, I don't always have conversations specifically with a person that posts a question into the community, regardless of their color or whatever. And, and, and if I do see that, you know, maybe they are uh, from another country or from, you know, uh, African descent or something, you know, oh, that's interesting. But, you know, I'm not calling them to get to know them. I'm not, you know, so I'm, I'm I, I think it's a challenge when you think, when you think of if all you have is this digital community, which, you know, I do have webinars and we do speak, but it's not like one-on-one, you can't have a one-on-one conversation with thousands of people, you know, in your community. But I think you can be uh, cognizant of that. And, and I think maybe I'm just, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm thinking that, you know, having conversations like this could help, you know, somebody like me, you know, um, think about, you know, how am I, how am I inter- engaging? How am I interacting? How am I, you know, making sure they're included in, in different, you know, aspects of the community itself, right? You know, I mean, you know, I, I think that that's so in- intriguing, you know, especially your resource thing that's coming out that you've got me intrigued, my friend. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you don't realize like in the community space. I think recently the truth about it is that community management just started becoming like a thing in the last four and three years. Yep. And it's like I've been in tech for like six years. And even in tech, it's heavily dominated by Caucasians. 
yeah. like heavily That's dominated. True. So there was a there was a need for diversity to like represent. I, I don't disagree with that. Voices. I mean, There's we a big need. You know, we even at Realtio and every other tech company I've been at, you know, uh, trying to get more di- diversity in it has to be a um, an effort. You have to make you have to think differently now because if you don't, you'll just hire the same people that look like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and you don't even think. I mean, like if you think about the NFL today, for example. You know, and, and most of the coaches are Caucasian and but all the, most of the players are African-American, right? Like, if you, so, you Even know, and, and owners, owners, owners for owners. sure. Yeah. For sure. NBA That's is it. like one of the biggest ones I've seen. Like NBA is one, you know, so, but you are starting to see it, that come out slowly, but surely um, it, it's, but it, they're having to put an effort uh, into saying now Every single co- every single team must have um, uh, I don't know if it's an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator that's African American. Period. You know what I mean? Or some kind of um, so there's, but they're putting those efforts in there because there's not enough, and, and it's obvious, right? You look at the tech space, especially yeah. lots of Caucasians there, and you know not enough African Americans, women, even uh, women, and, and that kind of stuff. You just don't see it. Um, you know, even us, we've had to make an effort to start saying, okay, X percent is not enough. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? And so yeah, we have like, to, and, and we call it out now, you know, and, and, and so, you know, you are slowly, but surely seeing it move up, but it's not, it's not fast enough, you know, and, and it could be maybe, and I'm not sure, is there enough African-Americans or women in the tech space that could be more technical and, and things like that? I think they're starting to be. I think they're, uh, uh, and, and so we have to go after that, you know. So I don't disagree. And, and it, it's, 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 it's so amazing because it's like people of color and women are like taking it upon themselves to be vocal. It's like we're not waiting again, like, okay, we want to like be vocal. So they're creating initiatives like women in tech, women who code. And these women are giving other women the opportunities yeah. because it, it, will, it will have been different if it was like a white man that was in, in charge of yeah. women who could. You probably <laughs> like, like literally, you'll be filled with like white women. But you see that all these organizations are usually like governed by women of color. In terms of DEI, it's something that you see, like check it out. You that are like advocates for DEI, most of them are usually people of color. They're usually like marginalized people, people in the LGBT community, because they have taken upon themselves yep. and they know what it feels like to be like segregated or yep. marginalized. So they're like, I don't want this for anyone. Like, I want to be better. And the same with me. Like, if I'm telling my story because I've experienced this, it's different if I yep. was telling it based on hearsay. And I've spoken to people, like my days are always feel talking to people of color, people that are in the US. So I'm able to get a glimpse of this is what you go through. Like yeah. in the community space, there are some conversations as a black person I cannot have because it's like, you will not understand if you have not worked in my shoes. But if I meet another person in Nigeria, I can try to talk to you about it. So when you have like these certain strategies in place, imagine like having a sub-community for African-Americans. Definitely we, human beings naturally gravitate, gravitate to people they are used to or what they are familiar with. So if you come to a setting or a party and you see, white a white person and is the only white person there automatically your mind will go to that person and you literally go there because you are familiar with it 
and it's difficult to like go out of your comfort zone. And the it same is. with community. Like if I'm a hmm. person of color, if I'm a black person and I join a community and I see only one Nigerian, I'll go to that Nigerian. Yeah. It's like in the community strategy, how do you create it in such a way that even when the person goes to that Nigerian person, two of two of them or the group can still share with like the major community. And that's when subgroups come up like subgroups for women, mm-hmm. subgroups for people of color, mm-hmm. people of the LGBT community. And it's like one, I think that's a quick tip that anyone can even take right now. It's a good like point. Having subgroups, having subgroups, when you have enough members and engaging them in conversations. Yeah, it's, it's such a good point. I think um, you're right. I mean, you know, it, it feels like, or for the most part, those people that are creating those groups, like, um, you know, coding for women or women that that now code and they want to teach other women how to code. And those kind of movements are most likely not going to be Chris Detzel trying to teach women how to code. Not to say you can't have men or whatever teaching women how to code, because I mean that's part of it. But somebody's got to lead that movement, and it would be kind of weird for a a man to lead that movement in a sense, right? And same thing. It would be so weird. Because he, he will not have the, he has no experience what it feels like yeah. to be a woman who has been like told, okay, you can't do this because you're a woman. So it's, so it's that, I think that's what drives like people that are passionate about DI. There's this like energy when, or there's this, I call it inner energy or inner like um, spirit of when you have been in that space and you're like, I don't want anybody else to experience it. So it fuels you to like become active. I mentioned before in this interview, like when you started that, I'm the shyest person you ever meet. But <laughs> here I am talking about with you, talking like I'm literally on stage every day. And it's yeah. because I know how it feels like to be a community manager in Nigeria. So I want other community managers to like get that opportunity. So I have to like come out of my comfort zone every day. I have to like yeah. do more to like have these conversations because I'm sure like I literally just, literally just meant right now that we have 4,000 community managers in Nigeria. Imagine like talking about this on all your platforms. Someone yeah. somewhere will hear and be like, okay, we want to hire community managers. What about Nigeria? Jeff mentioned it. And that's why these kind of conversations are very important. I agree. I, I, I love these conversations and, and I'm, I'm intrigued and uh, I have a lot to learn. And, and I appreciate you bringing this to, to the forefront, man. I mean, you're leading the movement or at least trying to lead the movement, right? To, uh, to let the like people know Nigerians, there's tons of community managers out there. There's, there's, you know, it's not just you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like as I kind of think about it, you know, so that to me is you're you're mentioning a report earlier around hey, seventy percent of the people today uh, that are community managers are in the U.S. and that means thirty percent are elsewhere. You know, and and you, you can imagine. Nigeria, they probably weren't even thinking about that. You know what I mean? Or maybe there's a half percent of whatever they were thinking and the rest are in Europe or something like that, or UK. And, and I, I think I saw that report. I can't remember, but, um, but there's 4,000. So, you know, if there's 4,000, that, that means, I mean, how many are actually in the US, you know, like, so yeah. I don't think they were counting that number um, of community managers, leaders and things like that. So. Uh, this has been super intriguing and, and I appreciate you coming on today and bringing this up. Anything else kind of on your mind or? Um, you said I a lot, like... And by the way, by the way, your passion is amazing. I love it. I love 
it's it's more than passion it feels like it's a a love it's you gotta get it out there like you're just telling people you know like and, and i love that about about you and 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 i think that's what it takes it's 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 also hard uh, it's going to be about consistency and continuing to tell that story and, and continue to get out there you know you're doing a lot of things right now you know, uh, if you're doing it for me a year from now, cause that's the hard part is to continuously do something over and over to get that word out. And you, you are making a difference, you know, and, and I mean, I'm seeing it, you know, you're on here and, you know, you, and, and you're on other podcasts and you're speaking in other places and getting the word out there. So, you know, good for you, man. I mean, that's and for somebody that's shy and not, you know, used to doing something like this, you know, you're out of your comfort zone, but I think we talked about this earlier. I don't know if it was on the show or the pre-show, but you know, you got to push yourself. You know, whether it's a business, whether it's uh, uh, some cause that you're 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 focused on within the community. Um, this has been inspiring to me, man. I it's not something that I'm really, you know, uh, I don't think about it a ton. You know, to be honest, I I mean, I have thought about it, but I don't really take action, to be honest. And I need to, you know. Yeah. There's a book I think is um, I've forgotten. It's like why white people don't think about um, is it is it racial issue or something like that. It's like I learned that everyone has a bubble, like everyone is in a bubble. Yeah, For example, right. if you grew up in a white only state, you probably don't know so much about like African Americans. But it's that that's not an excuse. Like I call it weaponized ignorance. Like, I don't know should never be the end of a conversation. It should always be the beginning of one. I don't know. And what do you do next? Like, how do I become more lent? How do I go out of my way? And like you said, it's not everyone that wants to make the efforts. Like, people, people love your comfort zone. Like, it's not easy. Yeah. And nothing, nothing grows in that your comfort zone. You just become comfortable. But if you go out, and that's the biggest risk, like, leaving what you are used to, to talk about what you're passionate about or learn more things, is like it makes you a bigger person or a better person. So yeah, I'll just start end with I don't know should never be the end of a conversation. It should always be the beginning of one. I like that. Um, it's funny because I say that all the time. Is I grew up in a uh, a town called Little Elm, Texas. So it's a really small town in Texas, and um, and I was raised very kind of we didn't travel anywhere, we didn't do anything, you know. And so I was very much in this bubble like you mentioned uh and then finally um i, I kind of got out of that bubble not completely but you know i get to travel all around the world and and get to meet a lot of different people you know and i realized it was in my early 30s then um you know there's a whole new world there's a whole world out there that you know it's not always you know my religion isn't necessarily the religion or my thinking shouldn't just be that thinking you know what i mean like people think in different ways and they have their traditions, they have their rituals, they, they, and, and, and it's different, you know, but what I notice about people in general is we all like to have beers and hang out and talk and do cool shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. you know, that's, you know, we'd love to have a beer with you one day. If, you know, I'm, I'm out there, or you're here, or, you know, if we get to go to a conference together or whatever and just shoot the shit, you know what I mean? Like that's really to me, what I've learned about people in general is we all, we, we all have issues. We all have um, good things going on in our lives, bad things, all these things, but we're still human and we still want to talk and hang out. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and it just, to me, you know, I don't care who you are. I would love to hang out. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but the bubble is real. The bubble is real. And until you get out of that, you, you can't think differently. You don't allow yourself to think differently. And, you know. Yeah. And even affects your work too, because it's like, if you have a particular bias, I think this is in psychology is called the Pygmalion effect. So it basically, it means that if you have like a predetermined um, idea about someone, yep. you have an action towards that person. And that action towards that person, the person reacts in such a way that sort of reaffirm your action. So like a perfect example is if, for example, you remind me of a bully I, I had in secondary in high school, I would treat you like, like with disdain or with like, I would treat you nicely, basically. And in turn, you obviously not treat me nicely. Like you would not react to me in like a positive way because you'd be like, hey, why does this dude hate me so much? And yeah. by you not treating me nicely, in my mind, I'd be like, yes, he's that kind of person. But it's my idea of you that made you treat me that way. So it's like having, even in community space, like having mm-hmm. that neutral, which is not easy, like having a neutral um, ideology or a neutral stance against things can help out a lot. Absolutely. Well, Jephthah, this has been awesome, dude. Uh, this has yeah. been really eye-opening to me, and and I, I love your point of view about diversity, um, inclusion, and you know, not something that we really talk about too much. And and uh, having your perspective has been extremely helpful uh, and extremely eye-opening to me. And 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 I appreciate you coming on. I mean, <laughs> we'll have to do this again if uh, if you want, uh, and maybe talk more about it and see how you're things you know your your resource thing is going talk more about that you know if you want and if you're open um but uh thanks everyone for coming to another peers over beers i'm chris detzel and jeff thank you sir <laughs>